Hello, human. Hey, how goes it? Not exhausted. Who knew recording in the middle of the day would you know improve that? <laughs> take the little edge off, huh? <laughs> Go figure. How you be? Uh, good. Survived the the, the New York trip. What Got... was that with New York? Was it was it business or pleasure or both? So it's business. So is a conference on Tuesday. So I had to fly out Monday, fly back Wednesday. I, I think it went really well and. You know, I didn't make a fool of myself, which is always important. I don't um, think you would anyway, man. No. Are you so in real life? Are you like you are with us? Or do you have the same kind of personality palette? Are you personable? You joke around? You talk to everybody? Are you social? Or so are if you... if I've got a topic opener, yeah. yes, right. If I like so, geez, uh, I was at a family party last Saturday. Mm -hmm. right uh uh baby shower and like i feel awkward talking to a lot of my family in a big oh. environment where it's just like oh i gotta walk into this little circle and like make a hello like that bit i'm horrible at okay. but like if it's a smaller setup it's one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. hey so and so what's up blah 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 i do fine uh, and certainly if I got like a topic, I'm there to pitch the Academy and talk oh, yeah. about fastly. Like I did fucking fine. I didn't have any worries. I was so surprisingly relaxed. Okay. Like I wouldn't say laid back. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, I'm on the ball as it were, but yeah, yeah. it, it was a surprisingly chill thing. Like I could say, you know, in my element as it were. So I didn't feel any anxiety. Nice. Nice. You never, you, like I said, it's, I'm I'm kind of um, hmm. think about introvert by nature, but then if I'm with my boys or like you said, if it's something, a topic that I really dig or whatnot, then I'm good. But sometimes I find myself trying to figure out, especially with adult males, it's almost kind of like I don't necessarily watch sports and all that kind of. Stuff. It's interesting. Mm. Like my 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 end would be different. So the stuff that would be a normal end is not my end, and so. Usually the people who are grown who like geek stuff, I know who they are already, and it could be like a slew of topics or whatever. Or I know they like right. music or movies and stuff. And I and I find that's not a lot of people's priority, which is fair, and I understand. You know, grown man collectibles and cartoons may not be your thing. That's that's fine. But if I do find out that's what's up, then it's on. But um, that whole thing, like, how was that game last week? Or did you are you keeping up with blah blah blah? I <sighs> it's just not my story to tell right yeah, yeah. That, that's why sometimes i i kind of wish that when i was younger i would just go with the opener of like what is the one thing you can talk about for three hours straight <laughs> yeah yeah right just yeah. like and just like yeah. give them the excuse to just like blather <laughs> on about whatever super thing they're excited about and maybe it's tangentially related to something you could talk about right. where you can just go off of their energy mm -hmm. whatever but like it's tough sometimes. It's like, hey, how's the weather? Right, uh. right, right, right. And guys aren't aren't necessarily the most talkative, unless, like I said, unless it's something they're passionate about. And it's about finding out what that is and if that matches what you what you match. Because guys, like, it's kind of staying a cut. But you say one thing that kind of like football or baseball or you know comic books or the movies, then you just light up. But otherwise, it'd be like the guy just kind of like. You know, just kind of following the misses around, or letting the kids drag them around, and you just kind of a non, a non-player. <laughs> you just, you just there going through the motions. But you wake up once you have that flame that just kind of lights you, and be like, oh yeah, this, this, that, or that, that, this. Right. It's always interesting. If you're good to go, we could do the count off. Love to do it. All right. Five, 
four, three, two, Jay, I'm back again for another one, and today I have with me Ryan, the idiot who can't tell the difference between fives and Captain Rex. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, just to let you know, don't don't nitpick yourself. Let's don't do it. Um, I was kicking myself so hard, like the day after we recorded the last episode, and I was like, oh wait that was rex and then i listened back and i was like oh god i specifically said it wasn't rex the way we do things is kind of like even though we might have like little notes or whatever just like bullet points or whatever it's still off the cuff we are adding our our actual thoughts we have an actual conversations you're not just telling me stuff i'm just telling you stuff we're kind of going back and forth off conversation and sometimes stuff be backwards in your head and you might say something you're thinking about something but they know you mean and so like any conversation that you record and hear back on accident you'd be like did i say it like that but everybody knew what you were talking about that's just how conversations and language goes <laughs> some of the stuff is like in context and you gotta forgive that you know like you could have a you know one kid or you'd be calling your lady and you're trying to grab for names even though you know you know the person and you might say mm-hmm. babe or hey you kid or whatever even though you know who they are that's just how, how that goes i think the diehard clone wars community might disagree with that on my I know. particular <laughs> but <laughs> but, they, but sometimes with that with the geek stuff it's funny everybody looking for you to fall into that pothole as if that negates everything you know or said before and it's crazy like like Things shouldn't be set up on trip wires like that, but yes, they are. But you know, we'll survive. We'll survive. We'll survive. Like a lightsaber beam through the chest. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I could have lived? <laughs> I could have survived that. <laughs> okay, let me be good. Let me be good. Here's a here's a here's a chart of you know where it went and you know where my bladder is. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So to like before, this is another situation where uh, two adjoining episodes kind of line up together perfectly and kind of saying the whole the whole breadth of the situation of the story. Uh, so we're doing today. We're doing uh, episode six uh, or part six far far away and we're doing also part seven which is dreams and madness yes yes apparently dave filoni had had some fun with the the naming of part six far Mm -hmm. far away yes because the i think it was i think it was when they did the the obi-wan show and they were doing you know the big celebration at the time and people were already asking, you know, where's Thrawn? Where's Thrawn? You know, and he's like, oh, you know, somewhere far, far away. And so, like, it, 
he was dropping the, the most subtlest of subtle hints of like where Thrawn was because at that point they were already like writing and filming it so yeah. he already knew he was like when Thrawn shows up I'm gonna call it far far away <laughs> <laughs> and they also leaned into that because you know last we saw our uh, Ahsoka they were in a ship inside of a well um, you know going through hyperspace and so you know part six starts off with them you know cruising down the street in my space well <laughs> and it's a moment of meta or a meta moment where they're talking about stories and the history of the galaxy part one two and three and then ahsoka mentions like one being the best part of course and so <laughs> i thought that was kind of a wink to that story. Oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I thought was really cool and goes along with the Far, Far Away as well. Yeah, it was interesting too because you, you get that bit where she's, you know, doing some sort of lightsaber form or kata. Mm -hmm. And there's hollow recordings of Anakin. Right. And she clarifies, like, he left like 20 of them mm -hmm. as if somehow he knew that he wouldn't be around to finish your training or just like hey i might die you never know and even outside of like the specifics of what he say which at this point i forget but you know something pleasant but it just shows a different side of anakin that his level of care and investment in ahsoka was at that level that he would leave recordings for her right and maybe this was in that time where she'd been kicked out of the order blah 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 blah. but it just adds another layer to who anakin skywalker is so as well as clean up and a possible back door for any potential stuff that might come up later that they want to do after the fact <laughs> oh you mean try and bring hayden christian back for more yeah no, that was their ace in the hole that I don't think anybody, you know, expected. Um, it's interesting. I, I've been seeing people being like, dude, after episode five, like, why don't you just do more live action Clone Wars? And I was like, eh, right. Eh, it's been done. I mean, it's been done. But it's like, again, you got to find more pay. You got to find more space in the page that you haven't sketched in yet. And yes. like, all right, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess with, with shows like this and lore like this, especially with Star Wars, there's all these, a moment and a sweep. And so it's a lot of jumping around. So there's a lot of stuff unsaid. They just kind of get to the part that you need to know. So right. there's, a, there's a lot of middle that we never see on a lot of these situations. So they could possibly do something with that. But like I said, because most stuff you'll see all the parts, but like I said, they'll go in there to make a monologue and then cut to the next scene, and, and that was it. But you knew something happened before they walked in and made the monologue, and you knew something happened after they left. Yeah, and... Not saying that they need to do it or should. I'm just saying yeah. there's space in between. Yeah, there's there's space in between. It's just finding right. the right thing to put in it. Sure. And so we also find out, and Ahsoka comes clean with saying that when she was using the force on the object to find out what was going on, when she was looking for like the echoes that, that she noticed that Sabine, you know, went willingly with the enemy. Right. And I thought it was interesting. And I thought it was kind of cool that it could have been taken two ways or even more, but she could have been pissed off and mad and you caused this and caused that. But she almost did a thing where like with the matrix where this whole thing about is it destiny or is it choice or is it a combination of the two? So she went that route of like, you know, she's probably just destined to, to make that move for this to kind of happen, for this to happen. Um, so I thought that was interesting. 
I'm trying to see if I'm misremembering now, but it didn't seem like she was not only not angry at Sabine, but a little bit of like, oh, maybe some of that was my fault, right? Mm-hmm. Where like, maybe I shouldn't have put her in this position in the first place. Not as a, you know, I don't trust her, but I didn't, I didn't prepare her properly. Right? It felt like that. It felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where where it's like me as her mentor was focusing, like we talked about, like making her a soldier instead of actually providing what Sabine needs, whatever that might be. But I agree. So Ahsoka and Hu Yang, they're heading for is it uh how do you pronounce it? It's um oh. Parida Parida is P E R I D E A. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which we find out from Balin that it's like a pretty much a graveyard for the whales. Like that's where they go to migrate and where they end up. That was Which I thought was pretty interesting. That cool. was that was some cool world building. I like that. Yeah. And then it also gave more merit to them just hopping into a well and not knowing where they're gonna go. It's almost saying like that's just, this is the pathway and everybody would get off on that same stop because it's really the last stop. So that's very interesting too. So it kind of fixes the whole, cause I was kind of questioning how you just gonna jump into a space wheel darting off and you're assuming that's the end result, you know? So this kind of- Well, they still little, were assuming, but they it, were, makes, they were. it makes it makes not the, it makes not the Ahsoka making some sort of rational decision where instead right. she's trusting the force and trusting what she's sort of feeling through the purgle. Yeah. But, from a why would the purgle go there right right exactly it's like oh okay now we get it. it's not just some random thing it's like that's their cemetery right right but she was using the force and and faith to lead her and guide her hand basically so you got both sides so you got balin and you also have ahsoka they're they're all heading that way once balin and everybody kind of get there they meet up with the great mothers which is interesting to see them, but that almost takes it into a whole different kind of vibe, almost kind of like Dune in a way. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so this, they're doing a lot here in episode six. So first off, the Night Sisters, right? Mm-hmm. The Dathomir and the witches. They, in continuity, have almost been wiped out. So in Clone Wars, I think it was, I think it was, Dooku, but it might also have been Darth Sidious, but essentially during the Clone Wars, one side or the other comes and wipes them out, because they, they, they're kind of involved in Doku's apprentice at the start is like such Ventress, and she's Death of Morian, it, it's complicated, but they basically come in and get wiped out. Now there's an exception to that, when they get into uh, Jedi Fallen Order, main character goes to Dathomir at some point, and he runs into like the last night since night last night sister mm-hmm. and they managed not to kill each other and eventually become allies and eventually become friends blah 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 so there's still a night sister or so you know in continuity running around but this is a brilliant way of bringing back the night sisters and like oh yeah there's a whole other contingent of them in this other galaxy and so while it seems like they're reduced to just the three mothers right their little coven it seems like thrawn has this agreement with them of like if you find a way to get us back right if you find a way to have someone come from the main galaxy with a hyperdrive and we get my ship back i will take 
I'm guessing a whole bunch of dead night sisters that they can reanimate back mm. to the main galaxy because it's all that cargo that look like coffins and it's just like okay we've already set up they can reanimate people and that setup in clone was before anyway I didn't realize so that. so that's my guess is what the the bargain is and why Thrawn oh. has to take three days to load all the cargo it's not his cargo it's their cargo that's the agreement that nice. they've come to as they try to get the fuck out of this galaxy that does not seem pleasant um so like the troops that he has there did they get sucked in when he got sucked in yeah pretty much every like his whole star destroyer got okay. pulled like they one of the purgle a couple of the purgle grappled the star destroyer and one of them actually reached their tentacle inside the command uh bridge and grabbed thrawn but then they just dragged the whole star destroyer okay. into hyperspace and presumably to this location the other weird connection so there's this giant plinth tower that they're on and we get to see the exterior of it at some point and there's all this you know glyph writing on the outside of it yeah so another Jedi Fallen Order tie-in is that the big plot in sort of Jedi Fallen Order is that the main character goes to this out-of-the-way planet and he finds this recording from a Jedi Master, basically an archaeologist, and he apparently has a codex of like all the younglings. And so the idea is that Cal, the main character, if he can find the codex, which this guy is hidden, he can go around the galaxy and scoop up all the younglings that weren't at the temple, right? The next generation of Jedi. But the location, uh, Zufo, there's an ancient, ancient civilization that was there like 25,000 years before mm -hmm. the Zufo. And some of them were force users and there was like the three sages and one of them was a dark side sage and he had his tomb on dathomir hmm. presumed home of the night sisters but you actually look now at this other planet that they're on and that tower temple has zufo glyphs all over it hmm. so the connection between the zufo and the dathomir go apparently way the fuck back and so it's not just the purgle it's not just the night sisters that apparently came from this other galaxy yeah. but the zufo might have been the technological bridge that brought them back and forth outside the purgle so that was like the moving the night sister corpses i picked that up in the in the episode itself but like the the glyphs the zufo glyphs and stuff that was like days later i saw someone online being like it's zufo glyphs and i was like oh shit it totally fucking is <laughs> um so they're doing a lot of stuff and not necessarily calling all of it out um so there's other layers of like world building going on there and geez i'm trying to remember like i don't remember the very next scene but we get to thrawn finally yeah so Right before that, we have a much needed um, moment with some kind of insight to his moves that he's making. So far, we seldom got any clear information about Balin's intent. And so mm. we do have a moment with him and Shin, and he's saying like, this was the land of dreams and madness. And that was children's stories that came to life. And Shin was like, I don't know those stories. He was like, it's before your time. And 
you know, and he's talking about she wasn't part of the Jedi exactly, Order. Exactly, and he was kind of doing her training her outside of that, you know, almost probably giving her the ideal situation that he would want for the Jedi's as well. But he does mention the hit the history of the Jedi and the fall of the Jedi and the rise of the Empire and the repeat of it and all that kind of stuff and cycle of growth right. and destruction, growth right, and right. destruction, growth and destruction. Right. Light and, Shane, and dark. And Sheen is asking, you know, does that mean like it's our turn now? You know? Shouldn't we be in power now then? And what is powerful and I thought was pretty clean and unexpected, Balin was kind of like, I just want to bring the cycle to an end. <laughs> oh, buddy, you got depression. Oh. <laughs> he brings one to bring it to an end. So I thought that was very, like I said, I thought it was very insightful and just more insight on um, yeah, cause where he's going with it. I, I was thinking about like Balin earlier and like you're not the only one i've seen lots of people be like oh man this balen character is so great he's so cool like all this sort of stuff and it's i agree like his presence his demeanor like it's all generally positive things it's just whatever his goal is right and what he's necessarily willing to do is like oh oh outside of that yeah great interesting character right yeah. But, like, he's got some huge grief that is motivating him. And yeah. I'd say a flavor of grief that's not broken, right? Like, grief can break you down where you're not able to function. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this is a sort of, like, a functional depression where mm -hmm. the loss of what, like, the, the dream of what the Order was, the exactly. ideal of what the Order was, Versus and its failure, right, the reality, right? Even, even pre it being destroyed, mm -hmm. it's sort of corruption under influence of, you know, Palpatine and what he was doing with the Republic and the, the war and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's part of that denigration. And so, like, yeah. that's the sadness, and the only thing that takes that from... I am a person that has gone through tragedy to a villain is like, well, I'm sad and things are bad, so I'm going to end it for everyone. It's like, oh, God. And he's always kind of hinted at and said his disappointment, but him to be like, you know, I love the idea of it because Shin was kind of asking about it. And, and he's kind of like, yeah, I love the, the idea of what it was supposed to be. But but you know what? That's almost the disenchantment of, of a lot of things that you learn more about it, even from mm -hmm. your parents. Or maybe, mm -hmm. a, or maybe being in the military, it's things that you see, you're so close to it that you saw too much and you really see how it's made. And, right. and it's not it's not based off of honor or duty or the it's betterment this. of this or betterment for that. It's, it's a lot of times it's selfish and and, and the, the end result is almost like a byproduct. And that explains why it's not really, the duty's never happening. The war's right. never won. The person's never, you know, better from going to this to get fixed or, you know, it's never, it's always a patch up job. It's always, the rhetoric is this clear, precise, but the results are shabby at best. And it's like, why is that? It's because the, the true intentions is not what's being said, it's, it's, but it shows in the actions, the real result of what's really happening behind the it's, scenes. It's not the propaganda they signed up for. Right doesn't it doesn't actually deliver on the the propaganda whether it was or not just the people yeah. yeah and and it becomes tricky because there's sometimes you know organizations where the people at the top genuinely believe the propaganda right and they yeah. just they fail to execute 
But like so, so a lot of times that could be because even though they believe it, that's not moving their motives. Yeah. That's like, you know, like government and everything else. You know, people are supposed to be there representing people, but that isn't necessarily, you know, when lobbyists comes in, that might sway them to pay attention to that versus the people who put them there. And so it's just the um, compromises. The exactly. Compromises. Exactly. So in your head, you tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself to let you sleep at night. But the end results and the you know of your actions show that something is not jiving. You know, because a lot of times, right. if your head is saying go left, you move left, unless there's something really there to stop you from from completing that movement. Um, if you're going right, it's because something came over to throw you off your original path. Right. Well, if you want original path, then Strawn doing his little deal with the Night Sisters is a good example of lobbyists, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So him from a pragmatic approach is just like, well, this doesn't conflict with my goals. We both win-win. Mm -hmm. So I will take your dead corpses that you'll probably reanimate back to the main universe. And we need, as established, three days to do it. Yeah. So that sets up the countdown clock. Yes, it does. I thought it was interesting, too, with some of the insight that the sisters kind of brought where it was kind of off. And it's like, how come you didn't see that part? And so it kind of gives you an idea of limitations and, and also uh, power set as well, which I thought was kind of cool. For those who don't yes. know who are just watching the show, mm -hmm. then it's kind of like, okay, this is what we're kind of dealing with. So it's not an exact science, but, but it kind of, you know, expectations are, are also, you know, yeah, it, it lays out it lays out the the power set by what yeah. it can and can't do. Right. Maybe not perfectly, but I, I also it, it it makes it very clear the reason uh, Morgan Elsbeth ha got the name right this time <laughs> knew where to even start looking for Thrawn was because the mothers were sending her dreams yes right pointing her in the right direction and it's like ah that's how you get around this intergalactic gap yes is through dreams so that that was very clever i like that yeah. it totally yeah. works in continuity it was reinforced later by mm -hmm. ahsoka force, force dialing sabine. <laughs> sabine oh sure. we're gonna get to we're gonna get to that because i have other other problems not with that happening but okay. yeah, we'll we'll get to that this next episode okay so on this episode also we get introduced to um captain are you talking the stormtrooper captain or yeah, what's his name? enoch is it enoch okay I don't know yeah know. okay so what's the deal with him with the you know the gold-plated face and all that what was this deal so i have no fucking clue okay the the only the only thing that i know is that just for sure I he's know... number one Oh, he's definitely Thrawn's number one, uh, but he also is a, an entirely new character. So he has oh, okay. not been he's not set been set up before. He's okay. not referenced in the books, as far as I know. Um, and you didn't see him he, before he got sucked through the portal. No, no, okay. I don't think he was set up at all in the Rebels episodes. Okay, he is played by oh god, I forgot his last name. Wes something. He was on the Expanse TV show. Okay. He was phenomenal. He's a great actor. Hope maybe hopefully we get more than a voice. Um, the only thing that I've seen that that's not just like 10th level rabbit hole conspiracy is for Romans. And I don't know if this is specifically for like their generals or centurions, but they would have like gold plated funeral masks. Oh, okay. Right. Even the emperors would have funeral masks, right. Mm -hmm. That were like reproductions of their faces. Oh. So that might be an allusion to them 
maybe being dead, but like I, I don't think in the two episodes that we saw where a couple of these stormtroopers were down, we didn't see the same sort of like uh, yeah. like giving off the ghost the as they die. The green so, smoke, you know, right? The green punk. smoke. Yeah. So it might just be like an aesthetic of showing just how much they've endured and had to adapt and how many things they've had to like even you look at his um his star destroyer like there's massive patches of this gold material right like for sections that have been destroyed they have had a rough time of it yes. um i like that thrawn in his dress uniform you can see there's even a patch up on his chest where like the fabric is very frayed mm -hmm. right it's it's small it, it, it's not discolored or anything but it's like they are scraping by they are effectively someone who's been like left in the boonies behind enemy lines forever and have been scraping by on their own um could you tell about how long they were there for I, i'm assuming it's a while because when certain things kind of came up when you see like you know like facial hair or whatever and the reactions of people you could tell like okay I, last time i saw you you didn't look like this but i was just kind of wondering um and like i said the past job i guess of the ship i guess so do you can they never really say exactly how long so it really depends on sort of like where we are after sort of like return of the jedi yeah because rebels finished up before the start of the original trilogy so before a new hope right it's before all of that and that's like uh six years long war something mm -hmm. like that five years long war and then we have whatever time jump to now so like a decade at the very least mm -hmm. right ezra was like maybe in his late teens when that happened so like thrawn's probably got to be getting close to 50 or something like that he's had a long career like he was middle-aged i think when he like enlisted in the empire like I think early in the Clone Wars, because again, as alluded to, he knew Anakin Skywalker. He fought with him alongside him, right? So they've been there a while. I'd okay. easily put like a decade. Um, that would probably make sense. not, probably not two, but a yeah. decade, I'd say. That would explain like the you know the understanding of a language and stuff that comes up later on. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's okay. That makes sense then. It's interesting. The actor they got playing Thrawn, um, Laurel's Nicholson, Max mm -hmm. Nicholson's brother. Right. They got an interesting look, and I, I like it that you know he has almost an alien type look. It doesn't. It kind of remind me of uh, Lieutenant Data in a way. That kind of. Ah uh, yeah yeah yeah. But, but kind of blue. But he has an interesting. I like when they have actors that look different, and it kind of lends to the otherworldly kind of look, or just a different kind of presence. Yeah, I mean, they, they've done some slight tweaks, right? Even when they did um, him in Rebels, they kind of tweaked the way his eyes had looked because that was the first time he showed up in, like, television or film media. Before mm -hmm. that, it was books. So yeah. he had, like, written descriptions and some book covers. And his eyes, like most of the Chiss, like, the entire eye was red. There yeah. wasn't really, like pupil or an iris or anything like that but right. this tweak totally works right yeah, they, give, they give him a gambit special <laughs> right because it you need to be able to see yeah. where he's looking looking you need at a, right you need a pupil you need an iris yeah. all those sorts of things right and yeah. they just you know made it black with red like okay yeah. cool um forehead it's 
you know, it's Star Trek foreheads where like yeah. he has more bit of a protrusion, and it's subtly there, very yeah. subtly there, because right. like why get in the way of the performance? Exactly. So yeah, uh, I think he's funny. great. There, there was people being pissy about his pants, and it's like, dude, that's <gasps> like the you know he's got the the uh, I forget what they're called, but you know the the loose pants. That's yeah. a total that's a total thing from history. Yeah. So other people would be like, he's got dad bod because like he's got a little bit of a paunch, and it's like, oh my god. Jesus Christ, guys! Like, he, like the character's fucking fifty. Like, huh? Thrawn, Thrawn at his court is there for his intelligence, right? Yes, and, and, and that's displayed people. nicely. Now, they they also in Rebels did have him like being physically competent and would be able to handle himself in in a fight. Okay, but it's like he's in his fucking fifties. Like, let it go, guys. Right. Like if you've if you've got complaints about how Thrawn is being portrayed, then we'll talk about how he's using his brilliance right. or not. Because I got some fucking notes. Because um, <laughs> I think what happens next is like, oh, they bring Sabine out, and it's like, well, oh, you again. They do the whole oh, you again thing, and it's like, uh -huh. all right, we're gonna let you go. And she's like, what? What you can help me? I'm like, yeah, I don't care about you. Like, yeah. go ahead, get lost. Like yeah. you, you're just trouble waiting to happen. Because the first thing she asks is about, you know, asks about Ezra, you know, and he's like, not here, right? And not so, here. And I kind of like to, you know, his thing, like, well, you know, sold out your people for no reason. You could call the end of everything for somebody who may not be alive. And she was just casually like, well, if you're alive, then I'm pretty sure he's fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't manage to kill him all those other times you didn't right manage to kill right him. so let's don't, let's don't downplay him too much right i mean he was... does give sort of the the proper gravity to like you straight up threatened the, the galaxy with bringing me back with yes a little bit of ego there yes just for one yes person that could potentially so be it, dead right could be dead she's like yeah fuck yeah i did um <laughs> it's like all right commitment good mm -hmm. um and then he's like we're, we're just gonna let you go you can go ahead and find your buddy whatever we're gonna be out of here but by the time you get back anyway yeah we right? honor balan's promise yep. honor balan's promise and i i like also that like thrawn is like general uh -huh. balan. like <laughs> i know you like yeah. are we gonna have problems right, and he's right. like former jedi and he's like hmm Okay, former <laughs> Jedi General Balon. Okay, and it's like we shouldn't necessarily trust him implicitly, and just no. lay that out there, yeah. right? I like how he inspects all the pieces that's on the board. I appreciate that because so many times, you know, a higher up kind of blows that kind of thing off with ego or or just don't notice what's going on the pieces that are in the room i fucking so, notices so, so, everything so i like and he calls everybody out, out on their stuff like the the witches he call them all not quite hey you didn't mention the extra visitor you didn't extra and then calling out her like hey you didn't tell me you were bringing him do you know uh -huh. he's an ex jedi like if you don't know i'm letting you know now and i and i love it and it's so it even subtle. he even calls out morgan elsbeth on like not mentioning a sokatano yes. And yes. he was like, wait a minute, Ahsoka right. Tano? And he's like, I know exactly who the fuck that is. Like, yeah. she's she's involved in this? Potentially? Yeah, I want every whole dossier. Right. Give, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me everything. Like, I, I was like, I know who she used to fucking run with. Like, yeah, give yeah. me all the updates. Yeah. Um, and it's like that sort of stuff is, that is Thrawn, 
right? Where yeah. he's like, give me everything because understanding the psyche of mm-hmm. my opponent, right? His yeah. whole thing is he's supposed to be able to sort of look at the culture of a society and then the officers within it and be like, okay, their shortcomings are going to be this. They're going to make these types of moves, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 right? Right, right. Such a fascinating way to like do your sort of character insight stuff. So then he's just like, all right, well, you can just leave. Here's here's a platypus wolfhound. <laughs> right. It, it was it was many that things. Was, that was interesting. Like a giant rat or something. It, it and was, it's clearly it was trained, and it's yes. not the only one that we run into, but the stormtroopers managed to train it. And uh-huh. here's one of the first bits where I was like, he's not brawny enough, or he's not making like the real smart movies. Like he didn't put any fucking tracking device on her. Because as much as he's like, yeah. The Jedi are going to follow her. It's like, yeah. dude, the Jedi make mistakes. Like, put a fucking tracking device on the animal in, like, the writing pouch or something, because then you can follow Sabine, which then also sets up Sabine later going like, hey, wait a minute, this is fucking Thrawn. Why did he let me go? Oh, I've seen this play before. They put a tracking device, and she finds a tracking device and gets rid of it, right? And right. then you've got both people being smart, where it's like, yeah, I'm I'm totally letting you go because I've yeah. got a tracking device on you. They would be like, I should be fucking suspicious of the person. Get rid of it. Yeah. Right? Because even though we found out later, I was almost assuming that he already knew where Ezra was and kind of kind of already had had tabs on him, but just wasn't saying anything to it her. It definitely but, seems but, like he but does they, not. But later on, they have to radio let them know, hey, we found them. That's right? when I knew like, oh, he didn't know. But he also did. No sooner did he let her go, was like telling Balin, like, y'all yeah, go, go find her and go kill right. her. Especially since it's also like, and get off my ship. Right. He doesn't say that. Right. But it's like it also gets these potentially dangerous Jedi yeah. off my ship. Even the though they're not Jedi. Right. Eh, former Jedi. Yeah. Right. So it gets pieces off his table. Yeah. And you hear that he's going to leave all of them. He's going to leave Balin. He'll be, leave Shin. He'll Why? Why bring them? Ezra, you know. There's no advantage to, 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 being, to bringing any of them. Leave them all. Yep. And also, if they would have caught him bringing in the cargo, that would have been another like thorn in the situation because they could have saw something or came across something. He needed them as far away as possible, not right. putting their hand in the pot. So He's like, yeah. I don't need you poking your head around where it should yeah. go. Give everybody some busy work. You go right. find a dead person, potentially. You go chase a person that uh, we could have just shot and got rid of right here. You have intentions for leaving Sabine there, and you're not being clear in saying what it is. But, okay, we'll go with your vague reason that i don't necessarily believe and yeah we can use her because <laughs> he because he has Balin. like what is she doing here basically say like, oh i think there's need for it and even though everybody ended up looking in the room like that doesn't make any sense Thrawn was like yes we do need her we need sure. her to keep you busy so uh-huh. we get rid of you too <laughs> this will make it easier than me having to go and try to kill you too so I, let's I give everybody I... a little assignment let you go run off and you go I... run off chasing the runoff and and, and and i wish they kind of made if they had made that part explicit because i don't remember thrawn specifically saying like and now we've gotten rid of balin and shin no he didn't right? do it. he didn't say it. i kind of took it as right. that after he sent because yeah. like there's us reading between the lines and mm-hmm. that might be there and it may not be right but i mean i'd like a more favorable interpretation of thrawn especially what happens next episode um yeah. But yeah, they, they go off and Sabine goes. And of course, the wasteland is not empty. Um, mm-hmm. And and another thing for the, the, the Zufo, like there's all those statues, those large sort of plinth statues. Yeah. And it's like, oh, those look like Zufo statues. 
right? So, like, this is definitely a planet that they were on at some point, but increasingly it's like this planet has been devastated, right? Mm -hmm. We find out that there's something bad here, either on this planet or this galaxy, potentially. Yes. But yeah, Sabine goes gallivanting along with her platypus wolf and eventually comes under attack by some locals, fends them off. It is interesting because Balin did mention the thing about the planet because Shin was like, you know, everybody's trying to get out the planet. Like, why are you interested Mm -hmm. in staying here? Like, there's something here. Right, right. And he's like, well, maybe they're afraid of the power. Like, maybe they're afraid of the power. You know, that kind of thing. You know, the with the 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 Night Sister mothers sending mm-hmm. dreams to uh, Morgan, something else might have been whispering to Balin from one galaxy to the other. Exactly. Yeah, he could right? be catching the same because he's message. been like he's been chasing power the whole time. So right. he somehow he also knew his path led here, right? Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been teaming up with Morgan in the first place. When he was talking to Shin, he mentioned something when they were talking about the um, the Jedi stuff and the truth of him and the idea he loved, the truth he wasn't so smitten with and mm-hmm. the weakness of them. And um, he mentioned that the, the Boken Jedi trained Ezra. Oh, uh, so that basically just means like not directly trained, not directly trained like at the temple because he mentioned the fall of the temple he did mention the fall of the temple and it's kind of like trained him in the wild so i didn't know yes. spoken was a was a clan or was it um, no a type? it's it's generally like anyone that doesn't have like the 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 proper formal training so sabine right? so is the, a boken yeah sabine would be considered a boken Okay. Right. So if they're they haven't gone through the trials, right? They've got a, a a mentor that, you know, you know, got kicked out of the order, mm-hmm. or they they the, their mentor themselves didn't pass their trials, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like a lower class of informal Jedi. That's interesting that they have that. I, was, I guess that's I like that level, and and they do that because that's the same thing they do with the Mandalorians too. Like there's levels and ones that remove the helmets. They got like fractions of different, mm-hmm. the different like religion and stuff. So that's interesting right. that that's touched on. Right. Cause okay. like, you know, what is it? What is the fallacy? Uh, all proper Scotsmen. Well, basically it's this thing where it's like, well, we're, we're real men. You're <laughs> not real men. Yeah. We're real Americans. You're not a real Americans. Like right. motherfucker, I'm a citizen. Yeah. But you don't act like a real. <laughs> I'm gonna define. I'm gonna define a narrow characterization of whatever my group is yeah. that excludes you from it. Exactly, exactly. That right. you could not possibly be a part of. Right. Um, yeah. That's that's yeah. Um, and then we have that moment too, where the great mothers warn of others coming, and it could be Ahsoka possibly. And it's funny mm-hmm. that Thrawn automatically goes to that. Like, could it be her? You know, like, yeah, like that, that, okay, that shows yeah, real concern because you know, if so, I want to you know pr- pretty much prepare for her to come to the point where if he's like, if you see a star well, destroy it with extreme yeah. prejudice. Like, even if you see a well entering the sky, right. take it out. And take it out. There's a minefield set up, Thrawn does not underestimate Jedi at all and certainly not Ahsoka right yeah. so I appreciate that it's it's not the arrogant adversary right right, right. It, it's not uh, 
Moff Gideon just like, I'm gonna fucking pwn all you Mandalorians. I took your homeworld. <laughs> like, there's no way I can fall. Right. Like, Thrawn believes that he can fail, and so thus he takes steps to mitigate. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and that's pretty much how the end of episode six went. 